This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, springtime doesn't need to be spending time. Taz Rajan with Bromwich and Smith gives us some ideas on how to budget your spring break, your Easter break, or whichever one's coming up for you next because different places have them at different times. Well, Easter happens at the same time, but the break, you get what I mean. Are you okay with pizza? How about escape rooms? How about pineapple on your pizza or pineapple in escape rooms? In the Millennial on the radio, Ryan takes a look at Zeller's first weekend being back and the future of TikTok, too. It's all coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Holy moly. Spring is here. Everyone's excited to get out and do stuff. Go spend some money, Taz. Taz is here with Bromwich and Smith, Taz Rajan. Um, they help with insolvency and all kinds of things. So uh, bankruptcy and avoiding bankruptcy and all things money. We've been talking about money quite a bit this week here on The Shift. We've been chatting about it from the level of, you know, interest rates and all those things. But here we are inspired to get out and going to do things, Taz. Some ideas as you share my favorite part of ways to do things and maybe be financially responsible. I know for us. Zeller's reopening Yay! is tempting, which, by the way, said $19 leggings. Just so you know, they got some good deals there. But tempted to spend some money in the springtime, Taz. I know the weather is nice. The sun is out. The days are getting longer. I mean, even little things like, honestly, the other day, I happened to be watching TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. There was an ad about D- DQ, Dairy Queen, having their BOGO special. And what did I do? I had my niece over because, of course, she's off right now. Wanna go get a blizzard? I hear they're, you know, buy one, get one for a dollar. Let's go grab one together. So I mean, even when you're getting the deals like your Zellers or your 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 DQ or whatever it is, you know, we're still spending money. I think we just need to be mindful. I, like I'm so not one to rain on anyone's parade. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. We just need to be mindful. We just gotta make sure we're mm-hmm. not breaking the bank. And I, I don't want people to have to necessarily be forced to come see us, but if you need our help, we're here. <laughs> Well, and that's just kind of what it boils down to, right? It's the sort of, it's one of those places, kind of like a fitness trainer. They're trying to work themselves out of a job, um, which would be the ideal way to go. Okay, so let's talk about that. Um, being responsible with money is so incredibly important. Um, one of the things that I've changed in my world now is, as I've shared on the shift before, I track all my finances every single week now because I was not disciplined with it. Yeah. And that's not for everybody because I also track high-risk investments week over week. So sometimes you can't stomach that. That's not for everybody. But I also write down, as this is new, Taz, in my little yeah. book, I write down the numbers that I want by the end of the month. And I update like it every week. Is my scribbles? Yeah, kind of. So, for example, um, I have this one line of credit um, that I bought my car on because it was cheaper interest. And so I have that line of credit. I really wanted to get it. I always like to get it $1 below a benchmark. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the sale price on things. And so, you know, if, if it's at $2,000, I'll do whatever it takes to get it down to $19.99. And so I do that calculation. I'm like, okay, so that number is say $241 that I need to get. So then I go, okay, where can I find $241 to get there? Go out, find it, save it, move it. And then I know that if that number is, um, if I don't get my my goal number, and sometimes I have one right now, the number is $84. Okay. $84. That's it. I need to get $84. I need to find $84. So whether I save that from spending elsewhere or I go sell some junk out of the basement, 
I find that to be quite inspiring because I like it when it's not $1,000, when it's $9.99. When it's not $100, it's $99. Whatever it takes to just get me down that little bit so it feels better. Two mind tricks you're using there that I'm loving. One is just like you said, this is how, for me, like this is how I got myself in financial trouble is the sales and the deals. And they know that, you know, the marketers always said it at $19.99 or $9.99 or 89 cents or whatever that is. They never round it up because your brain, like when it looks at it and it's under that, that rounded up number, it feels like it's less expensive. So I love that you're reverse engineering that and going, I'm going to trick myself this way, like for me Mm -hmm. to get my debt down. The other thing I heard that's so powerful, um, Shane, is you said, where am I going to find that money? So it's not, how will I ever get that money? Or, oh my God, is it possible to get that money? The minute you say where, or how do I come up with that money? Or like, okay, I got to find that money somewhere. You're, you're putting your brain into action and it's already looking for solutions. So I love that Shane. I mean, I should be interviewing you. I feel like. Definitely not the case. Um, my discipline is terrible with it, or else I wouldn't be in this in this spot. But that being said, I always try to share what we're going through here because people don't like to talk about the money and uh, try to get through it. I still have more goals for the end of the month. I have still another $1,084 before the end of the month to get to, running out of time. And how do you come up with that money? Well, we'll figure it out. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but yes, you know what? Springtime, I think there's a lot of different things going on. Um, you know, we've got Easter break coming on. We've had, you know, spring break. You know, either you just went through it or you're coming to it. I mean, summer break's not that far away, Shane. I know it feels like it's Ugh. far away, but if you've got kids, that is creeping up on you really quick. So I kind of, I was hoping we could talk a little bit about, okay, like what, how, how do we do these, these spring, summertime, these breaks with our kids? without breaking the bank. And honestly, I, I really want to talk a little bit about not just like, what do we do to not break the bank? Or how do, how do we just sort of stay even keel? But I'd really like to share a couple thoughts I have on how, you know, my parents immigrated here to give us a better life, right? Like it was this, it was a springboard to give us better. And I feel like every parent wants their kids to springboard off of them. So I have one tip at the end I want to share that I think would set our children up better than we were set up. So uh, All right. We'll get to that. But well, as we look at this time off, whether it is spring break or looking at the summer, there's a reason why provincial campgrounds have just opened up in order for everyone to pre book because people are pre planning. So understand yes. that you're not going to be alone in your play in your planning your budget because people are already booking their sites to go do these things. So where do we start, Tess? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, there's like there's the younger children and there are teenage children. And I think we can look at budgeting and finance and, and money, you know, spring and summertime with both. So I think, you know, with the younger, younger children, a couple of things, you know, lean on some other parents, right? I mean, why not do some carpooling over that summer break, spring break, Easter time, whatever that is, trade off with with parents, you know, help each other out, give each other a break. And then that way, you know, you don't necessarily have to pay one another. You're just, it's in kind and it's in service. And I know like a lot of times when we've talked about leisure activities, right? Like hockey and things like that. There's a lot of carpooling going on with that. But even if your kids are, you know, if you're shipping them off to a day camp or a daycare or, you know, they're, they're staying at one friend's house, just working with parents to save, honestly, you could save a couple hundred bucks just carpooling on those things. Um, and th- the same goes with, you know, leaning on family as well. Like I'm anti-extraordinaire and 
if my sister needs me for my niece, I'm happy to step in. Like it's a treat for me and it's a little break for her. So, you know, kind of knowing who your support system is, but then also, I mean, kids can get bored really easily. So I get it. We probably do want to have some structured things for them. There are the day camps, there are the city run programs, but honestly, if in any city, if you actually look up free children's activities, you'd be shocked at how many things there are that are free or close to free or being offered for free for a certain period of time. Um, there's the early booking or the late booking, like the, you know, book well in advance or come super early, or there's the, la you know, show up last minute and, you know, you can get in at this price. So I think those are some tips for the younger children. Yeah, great stuff there too. And I know that some um, hockey parents, although it's a tough one, when you're paying for hockey and all the things and there's yeah. road trips involved, so sports teams, when dad travels with daughter to girls hockey or to girls volleyball or whatever it is, yeah. can't share bedrooms or can't share a hotel because there's right. the other dad and the other daughter. So typically, you know, the fellas will all bunk in together and sometimes it's not comfortable to do that. So if mom goes, you can get two moms and two kids in a room. That's right. And just, it's not great because that means that somebody might be missing out watching and all those things uh, if only one parent can go. Yeah. But it could be quite advantageous to make that decision based on things like that as well. So like just that, just stopping to think it through, right? Like I think exactly what you said, kind of, you know, being the dad who always goes, you know, you could just look at it like we got to go, we got to do this. This is this is the price of my kid being in hockey. But you could take a pause and just say, well, let's just see, right? Does it make sense for mom to go on this trip, right? And exactly, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you got to balance the emotions around that as well. But, you know, when it comes to the dollars and cents, I think there are those small changes we can make um you know that can go such a long way okay let's talk about let's talk about teenagers because that's a little bit different like teenagers are a little bit different to deal with i think over spring uh. and summer they're not necessarily the day campers but we're talking about money i think it's a great time for teenagers to look at part-time jobs and even if like i know when i was 11 i started just babysitting for just like family friends like not not strangers or anything like that but just friends of my family, like the people that would come on and hang out at our house all the time, when they had to go to an adult thing that kids weren't supposed to be at, or it didn't make sense for little kids to be at, I got to hang out at their place, watch movies, eat popcorn, <laughs> eat whatever they got me or, you mm -hmm. know, was in the fridge. I got paid some money and I just had to make sure I kept the kid alive. So, I mean, you know, there's that end of part-time job. And then there's the full spectrum as we start to move into those summer months. The rec centers are going to be looking, um, you know, all the different kinds of day camps are going to be looking for these young, you know, you think about um, swimming pools are going to want lifeguards and different things like that. Great opportunity to get the kids into a part-time job, nothing too stressful, but great opportunity then to kind of, you know, the first time you look at a paycheck and you go, wait a second, I make this many dollars an hour. I work this many hours. I should have made this much. How come I only have this much? Great mm. conversation around taxes. <laughs> oh, isn't it though? I mean, I, not really. It's a crappy conversation, but it's one you got to yeah, have, right? It's important, right? And when does it all kick in and what happens? And I can make yeah, this but much like, money. You know, looking and... at your child, like first, I mean, if it's the if it's the babysitting thing like I was doing, I mean, you're not getting a pay stub. But sitting and having a look at, you know, at your child's first 
pay stub and kind of going through what is each line? What does this mean? How do we deal with this? You know, what are some things? Why do people talk about these tax strategies? Well, look, look at how much of your paycheck just went to taxes, right? Right. So I think there's some yeah. great conversation. The other one too is like, getting the kids involved in some of that house stuff like springtime is a great time for us to maybe declutter like you were saying shane maybe there's things in your house you can actually sell and make some money for so getting the kids involved in that i think could be really great over the spring and summer and again i know i'm not a mom i'm an auntie and i know it's really tough to get your teens doing this but incentivize them right hey whatever you sell you get a cut of that or you know if we get this room cleaned out to this you know amount we'll go do this or you you i'll leave you alone for a whole day with your you know um video games or whatever that is right mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's so true i i just went through that with um with my daughter she had an electric piano yeah and i ended up I posted it for sale and there's so many people reaching out. And so I ended up getting more for it than I had anticipated. So I actually just gave her that money. Nice. Um, and so that's the first time, you know, other than, Hey dad, can I get football cleats? Can I get, <laughs> you know, a Slurpee? Can I get gas money that I was able to in a long time that I've been able to say, Hey, by the way, you know, this was primarily yours. So I did a little extra. So here you go. And that was nice. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. And then like, I feel like that kind of, action and the 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 feel good vibe that she gets from that will encourage her to declutter again or to look at selling something again because it's like you know it's it's that serotonin hit that you can either get from shopping and buying something or by selling something and making a little bit more than you thought you could right mm -hmm. and i yeah, think that's good. a really good skill for kids to know as well just the whole you know understanding how facebook marketplace and kijiji and all of these things how do they work how do you make it work for you? How do you stay safe? You know, how do you safeguard your information on these things? So many lessons just even in that. I think there's a lot to pack away in that. Taz Rajan is here. She's with Bromwich and Smith. Uh, they do money stuff. They help you figure it out. And um, Taz has got ideas that uh, help us through what is springtime and wanting to go out and buy the things and get the plants and plant the gardens and all the stuff. So what else you got for us here, Taz? I know you have uh a secret. Yeah, I'm just I'm going to share my my final tip with you now, which is basically, um, you know, as I was saying earlier, you know, our our for me, like I I'm an immigrant child, so my parents immigrated here to give me a better life. I feel that all parents try to give their kids, you know, a leg up or a boost or have them in a better situation than where they are. And one way that I really think we can do that through spring spring and summer, sorry, is getting our kids into either books or audio books that have to do with finance, money, investing, um, even other things. You know, there's a, one of my favorite books by John Maxwell. It's uh, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. And he's got a Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn for teenagers. But just the idea of like gaining some knowledge. There are so, there's Rich Kid, uh, Rich Kid, Smart Kid or something like that yeah. um, from the, like the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. There's so many, there's like things for really, really young children. And then, you know, all the different age groups, but I think it's a great time. We always kind of talk about, okay, there isn't financial literacy in schools. Nobody's taught this. Why not we take advantage of spring and summer and, you know, even like you make it a bit of a challenge, even with your kid. Okay. You read, you know, one chapter a day and we'll talk about it. And then, you know, we'll do something fun or, you know, once you get through this book, this is what you, you know, this is, this is the treat you get. And, and let's put into practice some of these things that you're learning out of these books or out of these podcasts. There are so many resources out there. And I just think it would just set people up in a better space, not only 
to avoid getting into debt and having to come see us, but also to help them normalize the conversation of debt. That's a big part of what I like to do is just be able to normalize that, hey, debt happens. There is life after debt. It's not ideal, but if you get yourself in trouble, you got to know how to deal with it. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing. I mean, it's nice to buy the TV, but no one ever tells you the, the ways you got to get out of it and kind of have access to that. My son just turned 18. He wants his own credit card, of course, because he wants to book hotel rooms. He wants to be able yes. to do things that he couldn't normally do before. And he needs to be able to learn the consequences of all of these things. So for sure, without a yes. doubt. Um, thank you so much for the insight. Happy spring things to you. Spring and summer, and let's hope the weather stays wonderful. <laughs> This is The Shift Podcast. Are you, are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay with... Silly stories, because that's what we do here. Your contribution, always welcome. The number, again, you can get at shiftheads.ca. It's on the landing page. You can touch it. Uh, it'll call us or text us, or you can just dial it, 877-399-9898. Are you okay with pizza pizza oh pizza. i absolutely adore the pizza all kinds as long as it doesn't have pineapple on it including like the uh pierogi pizzas you know with the potatoes on them with the sour cream mm, top tier yeah but you no, won't no have pineapple. wait whoa whoa slow your roll young man what you will put potatoes on a pizza, but you will not put pineapple on a pizza. Uh, I'll put it this way. There's a video of a uh, American in Italy that goes up to a chef at one of the best pizza restaurants in the world and says, would you ever put pineapple on a pizza? And the Italian sweared at him aggressively in Italian and said, why, you, why would you do this? You don't put the fruit on the pizza. You don't put the fruit on the pizza. Potatoes okay. a vegetable. So you put that on a pizza. That's fine. Uh so did he go to the same chef and say, hey, would you put potatoes on a pizza? No, I don't know if he's familiar with oh, the so, pizza. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, just yeah, convenient yeah, yeah. story. Yeah, how convenient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ryan. Anyway, pineapple on a pizza is awesome. Pineapple on anything is awesome. We can fight about this later. It seems so outlandish to be hit in the face with a slice of pizza, doesn't it? Who would do that? Now, we can all agree that's a waste of a slice of pizza. Unless it goes directly into your mouth. Fair ball. But it did happen in Florida. What does it mean to be from Florida? Florida. Straight drill. <laughs> okay, a 39-year-old man faces domestic violence charges after just deputies say he struck a woman in the face with a slice of pizza. Florida. According to a probable cause affidavit. Responding deputies made contact with Ortelio Lazaro Alfonso, who said he had a verbal altercation with the victim. Deputies said the victim told them she had been struck in the face with a slice of pizza after an altercation over disciplining. <laughs> Sorry, that's ironic. Yep. Um, <laughs> victim had pizza sauce on the front of her shirt, the collar of her shirt, and on the back of her shirt. She also had pizza remnants in her hair and her ear area. According to the report, police will also notice pizza sauce on the walls and the ceiling of the interior of the residence. Now, that's not exactly a positive pizza story at all. The don't hit people. 
Yes, don't hit people. Please make that the rule. Don't waste pizza either. Yeah. It's doubly bad is what I'm getting at. It's terrible. It's heartbreaking. Just a waste. I wish she could have been like so lightning ninja fast when she was just like, oh. Yeah, you got him back. (laughs) I wonder if that's, you know, what's the uh, tortilla challenge, hey? Oh, I love the tortilla challenge. Absolutely. Yeah, so two two willing people slapping each other in the face with a tortilla with a mouthful of water. So, I don't know. It sounds just like that. It sounds like a a, um, a tortilla challenge without consent. Yeah. And much messier. And wasteful. Tastier. Waste of pizza. Hmm. So uh, here's a positive pizza story because that's all wrong. A man was placed under arrest for simple battery and domestic violence. Oh, whoops! The the nope the the, the typo the script uh, line is supposed to be underneath the other line. <laughs> that's not a the positive was, pizza story. Oh, you put the wrong line in the wrong place. Okay, that's, yeah. Well, that is so wildly inappropriate. Um, yeah, we're no. going to give Ryan one of these. It's a typo! It's a typo! That's a typo. Big one. Okay. Police noticed pizza sauce on the walls and ceiling of the residence. The man was placed under arrest for simple battery domestic violence for hitting somebody with a slice of pizza. Correct. Now, that's not exactly a positive pizza story, so let's try this again. A story of a Florida pizza delivery guy may have saved a life. 90-year-old Annie Goshen went outside to pick flowers when... Trying to pick them, and then she fell. She also had scissors in her hand, and, um, uh, you know, she could have fallen on the scissors. Goshen fell, hitting this rock, and couldn't get back up. The good news, her daughter PJ says a pizza delivery driver with a kind heart named Joey wasn't too far away. It restored my faith in humanity. Ring video provided by Goshen's family shows the driver walking her inside the home after she fell outside. I'm just glad you're okay. Do you want to get you any water or anything like that? Not only that, he called 911 as the 90-year-old was in pain and stayed by her side until paramedics arrived. He just held her hand and they talked and they hugged and I was just uh, very touched. Oh, that's nice. It's from NBC Six. Yeah, that was a positive pizza story. I have another positive pizza story. Uh, Okay. Ryan's argument was that we don't put pineapple on pizza because we don't put fruit on pizza, and that potatoes do belong on pizza because they're vegetables. Are you going to argue? Denise has texted in, and Denise says to Ryan, "Tomatoes are on pizza, and they're a fruit." Yes, but the Stuff tomatoes it. are the base of the sauce. They're the base of the entire thing. You know, you said it adds don't put fruit on pizza. So then you don't need to put more sweetness. That's like putting sugar on top of a Slurpee. It's not necessary. Your arguments are so terrible. You're <laughs> going to argue that. And then you're going to tell me that a flour-based starch crust is not starchy and carbohydrate-based enough, so you put potatoes on? With a Dude. layer of sauce in between important and these are terrible arguments i'm irish i have biases towards putting potatoes with everything okay yeah but your arguing is terrible i just i just know i'm right and i don't need to put the effort in to fight back (laughs) Mm. yeah uh real pineapple grilled is the way to go for pizza another text so just saying 
Hey, don't worry about it, shift heads. Don't waste your time texting. Ryan knows he's right. That potatoes belong on pizza and pineapple doesn't. Because <laughs> pineapple's a fruit and so are tomatoes, but... All right. You good? <laughs> Sorry, well, I shouldn't have put the pizza one first. I'm, like, all riled <laughs> up and ready to go now. Okay. <laughs> he's frowning. Ugh. His lips are pursed. All right. <laughs> are you... Um... Peppers are also a fruit. (laughs) You're losing all over here, dude. (laughs) Shift head, save the day. (laughs) Hold on. Are peppers a fruit? Yeah, they grow on a tree. Peppers are a fruit? How the heck have I not known? What? Well, they hang. Vegetables grow underground. Fruits grow on from a branch. That's the way that works. Those are the basics. They don't taste like a fruit. They taste like a vegetable. But a fruit isn't sweet. A fruit is the way it grows. A vegetable is the way it grows, man. This is That's why it always amazes me when people ask. They're so shocked with my pineapple when they're like, doesn't your pineapple grow underground? Like, no, it's a fruit. Okay, so, okay. This does change the, the, the argument around the fruit thing. I, I will concede that. I will concede that. What I will not concede <laughs> is the taste. I just don't get it. Will Although, you concede on the being right part? I concede on being right that um you can put fruit on it although i will say green pepper on i also think green pepper on pizza is disgusting <laughs> so i've just oh, really? doubled not oh, yeah i, do I don't like, like it i do like the green i didn't I when crunch. i was uh, your age but as i got older i did yeah hmm, maybe maybe pepperoni yeah, green pepper change. and mushroom one of my mm-hmm. favorite mm-hmm. that changes i will say that maybe there will come a day when i will take a bite of a hawaiian pizza and for some reason i will think to myself you know what this is good. And if that day comes, you can, I will owe you a tankard of beer, Shane. I will owe you, I will buy you, you I'll get me. you anything. I'll treat you to a nice dinner because I was wrong. But you right now, the secret no. to ham and pineapple, Hawaiian pizza? Sli- sliced thinly, a little bit of no, char. No, it's good ham. Yeah, because it, if it's crappy, too Crappy ham and pineapple is crappy ham. It's just that simple. Yeah. Um, Put a potato in your pants. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Text messages are wild at night time. They are wild. So good. Right? Yeah. So good. 877-399-9898. Um, hey, whatever. <laughs> okay, let's move along. Are you okay with escape rooms? I've never done one, actually. Me neither, actually. I've always wanted to, and I had a couple of friends like before COVID that would go often you know take the picture we did it with the sign and i like the idea of it and there's some really funny videos of people doing like horror movie uh themed ones there was a a escape room where you could see it was like night vision and the guy who's dressed up as like the chainsaw killer corners the guy and then the guy starts flailing his arms and runs at him and the the actor has no idea what to do so he just puts the chain down chainsaw down and puts his hands up and so those like those are really funny interactions that I would love to have in an escape room, but I've just never been able to organize like enough of, of the haunted. Actually, get I don't like the go. haunted house part of those ones, yeah. but I like the ones that are problem solving. So yeah, I would, I great. would do the problem solving ones. I think those ones are, are fun. Um, two prisoners in the United States are back in custody after they escaped from their escape room, prison cell. They made quite a great escape though, and managed to get caught in a very stupid way. John Garza and Arlie Nemo, Hatched a plan to get out of the Newport News jail. The sheriff's office says the duo, jailed on nonviolent offenses, used a toothbrush and a metal object to dig a hole in the wall of the jail. Then managed to get past untied rebar and scaled walls to escape. 
Their getaway did not last long. They were captured just hours later at an IHOP, eight miles away. No word <laughs> if they had time to leave a tip. <laughs> Going for some pancakes. Uh, that's, wow, that is um, very Shawshank Redemption sounding. Very cool. It is. Maybe they knew they weren't going to get far, so they just decided, you know what, let's have one meal. And they still decided, let's have a meal at IHOP of all places. That's so good. ABC6, by the way, the story, Newport uh, News Sheriff Gabe Morgan thanked local police agencies and citizens for the helping in catching Nemo and Garza. If you're going to be a criminal duo, good name. Well done. Yeah. It reinforces what we always say. See something, say something, Morgan said in a statement. Like people in orange jumpsuits ordering pancakes. <laughs> All right, text messages about pizza. You knew they were going to come in. Yeah. London says, hey, shift show of fruits and veggies. Fruits continue to ripen after they're picked. Vegetables start to rot afterwards. Hmm. There you go. Never thought of it that way. Um. Yeah, I guess that does make sense, doesn't it? They don't ripen anymore because they grow underground, so they wouldn't ripen. Uh, add shrimp to Hawaiian pizza suggestion. I have from Hamilton had says, shrimp on pizza, but not with the pineapple. So maybe that's yeah, worth that's it. Good. The anchovies, but shrimp, okay. Mm. Um, Less from Hamilton, ham, bacon, hot peppers, and pineapple make good pizzas. Mm. See, the hot peppers and the pineapple, that'd be really good. There's your spicy and sweet, right? Mm. I like the banana peppers a lot. Mm. Another fruit. <laughs> <laughs> It like some serious. I'm never gonna cut a pepper the same way again. It's just like uh, you know what I'm gonna do. I we are so gonna have pizza, and I'm literally gonna just like cut potatoes in half yeah. and just put them on your pizza. Mm, I'm not even gonna peel them. I'm not even gonna peel them. This is the Shift Podcast. The millennial on the radio. It's Ryan O'Donnell. Happy Monday, there friends. And uh, wow, this is really exciting for me. I never thought I'd actually get to say this. The weekend's over. And my question to you, Canada, is did you do the homework I assigned you? Wow, that is oh. a powerful statement. Oh, I get why people are teachers. Okay. Steve did so. say, by the way, that his uh, dog ate his homework, so... He's already yeah, making excuses. I never had a dog, so I never could make up the excuse. If I had to make an excuse why I didn't get homework done, it was much more elaborate, like mm. illness, uh, computer outage, something like that. I got pretty creative, and it failed every single time. My teachers could see mm. through my crap. But, you know, I asked for proof uh, of if you took the Zellers challenge, did you check it out? Yes, Zellers is back, officially opening, reopening inside of Hudson's Bay stores across the country. Now, we haven't seen Zellers properly since 2013, and it's now reopened in these select stores, which are currently just Ontario and Alberta. And uh, now there are a bunch of more stores to follow in the coming months. And I asked you before the weekend to go and take some pictures and check it out for me. And I'll get to that in just a second. But Global News actually went to the Zeller store in Calgary and got a firsthand look at the store. So how was it? What's old is new again in the Canadian retail landscape. Zeller's and its popular diner are back. Three, two, one. More than 100 people lined up for the opening of Calgary's pop-up store. 
Sellers is opening 25 locations across Canada, including three in Alberta. On Thursday, it seemed like most people were just looking for deals, while others were taking in the whole experience. We spoke with two ladies who have personal connections to the store in its previous form. They say it's great to see the brand get a second chance. My mom worked at Zellers, my mother-in-law worked at Zellers, so there's another nostalgic fact for me too. I have a lot of the older Zeddy Bear Zellers stuff hanging around, some old pins and stuff. It just takes me back to when we opened up Shaughnessy and, and uh, the folks coming in and everybody was so impressed with the merchandise and our prices and of course our, our Club Z points. <laughs> Zellers is also bringing back popular items from its diner, this time served from a food truck. And that was where we got most of the pictures of the response. So thank you. We got this big post from Denise on Facebook who says, my son and I went to the Burlington Mall. I remember Burlington Mall and walked through the Zellers section at the Hudson's Bay. A greeter at the street entrance of the bay welcomed us to welcome to Zellers. And she pointed the direction to the Zellers section wasn't expecting it to be such a large area. And that is something that I've noticed as well, Denise, is that the Zellers section in the Bay stores is huge. It's very large. It's not the size of, obviously, an old-fashioned Zellers from back in the day, but it's bigger than most people were expecting. Uh, she goes on to say that she enjoyed the music, and uh, they had a, there was quite a long line for the food truck over an hour. But at the end of the day, they got their food, hot chicken sandwich, Big Zed burger, the fries, chicken fingers, and a good deal. The food was quite cheap. However, as Angel has pointed out on Facebook as well, the prices weren't exactly what people were expecting. Now, they're not bad, but they're just not quite as cheap. It seems as though, uh, you know, you're not going to see anything priced at $4.99 or $75.25. Everything at Zeller's is currently rounded to the nearest dollar. Everything in the store. So it's not $5.99. It's just $5 or $6. And it seems as if they're kind of charging like a buck or two more than Walmart, but a little bit better quality on some of the stuff. And, uh, you know, they're selling, like I can see in the toy section, like they're selling some Hot Wheels and Mario stuff that's for very cheap and some clothes that's cheap. And the nostalgia of like buying the Zellers hoodies and all that, it seems to be out in full force. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into one and, and checking it out for myself because I will say that from what I've seen, it looks it looks good. The question is, well, then how long will the nostalgia last? Regardless, it's just nice to see the Zeller sign hanging in a store again. Honestly, it's cool. It does look a it looks like dated and faded, so there's kind of a retro feel to it. A, I just thought it'd be totally brighter and more fresh, right? Yes, yes, fresh, fresh, yeah, uh, bold, but it does look, it looks old school. It, it does. All they need now is, remember those uh, little, like, amusement park rides that would have? It was just basically a circle with a seat, and it would spin in a circle, mm -hmm. and it had the Zeddy Bear in the middle. That's all they need. If they bring one of those back, then you've got me locked in. Nice. Yeah. So thank too. you very much to everybody who posted and let me know what your thoughts of Zellers were. And I'll let you know what mine are when I manage to get myself into a mall to check it out. Nice. Now. Happy shopping, ooh, buddy. You'll be so happy. Happy shopping. Thank you. Live into your best self. Oh, I did earlier today. I bought a pair of shoes. Very happy with it. Great price on them, too. <laughs> uh, okay. This is a huge story, and we got to get into it. And that is the fact that the biggest app in the world is in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Oh, 
I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok Breakdown. Now, today's TikTok is not an individual TikTok, a silly video of someone dancing or some weird trend. No, it is in regards to the fact that U.S. lawmakers absolutely grilled TikTok CEO last week, just days after the U.S. government threatened to outright ban the app. And so it was quite the hearing. I believe it was about four hours long. And so you have the CEO of TikTok alone sitting there getting just bombarded with questions. And some of them are very valid, outright questions of what access does the Chinese government have to our data? How do you use this data? That kind of stuff. And to his credit, I thought he gave pretty good answers, even when U.S. lawmakers asked, frankly, embarrassingly stupid stupid questions like this one. Can you say with 100% certainty that TikTok does not use the phone's camera to determine whether the content that elicits a pupil dilation should be amplified by the algorithm? Can you tell me that? We do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users. We do not. The, the, the How, only fa- you, you don't? The, no. The only face data that you get that we collect is when you use the filters to have, say, sunglasses on your face. We need to know where your eyes are. And Why that, do you need they, to know where the eyes are and, if you're not seeing if they're dilated? And, and that data is stored on your local device and deleted after use if you use it for facial. Again, we do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users. I find that hard to believe. It's our understanding that they're looking at the eyes... They're looking at the ass. George so, Bush is apparently there. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't even know. Like the I think what he was trying to ask was: Is TikTok using biometric data to uh, target the algorithm? Like it looks at your eyes and sees that your eyes expand because you're enjoying the content, so then it feeds you more content. But that technology, that's not no TikTok does not do that. Uh, quite the strong question. Another. Uh, Lewis, U.S. lawmaker straight up just asked if TikTok uses the Wi-Fi internet, um, which, uh, yes. So uh, it's a little <laughs> striking to see people who are have no idea really what they're asking about ask the questions. However, it's fine, in my opinion, to ask the questions because the privacy concerns around TikTok, I believe, fully are very, very valid. TikTok's parent company is called ByteDance, and ByteDance is based in China, and the Chinese government has a law where they can ask a company for data and you have to give into it. But that's that's the main concern here, is that if China wanted to, it could get all the data it wanted on all of its users around the world. And Zhao Chu, the CEO of TikTok, tried his best to explain how it works. So here are some of the my quick take- takeaways from that hearing. First, it was very impressive to see that both Republicans and Democrats, people that hate each other, were united in just absolute, Frank, it came across as disdain for this app and uh, and its practices. That was interesting. Just hearing that the bipartisan support for something uh, was refreshing. So one takeaway. The other is that when he was asked on TikTok's use of user data, The CEO said, quote, with all due respect, 
American companies don't have a great track record with data either. Just look at Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, which if you remember Cambridge Analytica, that scandal with Facebook leaking data. And while that's a little bit of a deflection, he does have a very valid point that companies on our own soil also do a terrible job <laughs> and a sketchy job with our data. Um, but it doesn't deflect from the fact that the concerns about the Chinese government's access to the data are also very valid. The next here is this is something that I, I know that they are currently working on. This does not exist yet, but TikTok is currently working on creating something called Project Texas, which is an idea to build a data storage center in Texas that will be overseen by an American company. That is not done. That currently does not happen. But the I, uh, clearly what they're trying to say is if you're so concerned about us being able, if the Chinese, uh, so concerned about the Chinese government accessing TikTok's data, we will move all of the data to your own soil. That's what they want to try to get. However, that is not in place yet. And chi uh, companies like ByteDance do have access to data in China right now. We don't know what, we don't know how much, but they do. And that's so scary yeah, though. It is a little scary. It is a little scary. Now I will say that also I, this, the CEO is from Singapore and everybody made the assumption that he was Chinese and it was quite frustrating because he had to correct people many times, uh, uh, that I am not Chinese. I am from Singapore. And he also, the one really interesting thing is that his, uh, his kids do not use TikTok. And when he was asked why, he said, because in Singapore, the age limit on TikTok is 13. My children are not 13. And um, that's just you a good that parenting from, thing. Yeah, some of the, it is a parenting thing. And you hear that from some of the people who created Facebook as well. Hey, Jonah, what do you call someone from Singapore? Is it Singaporean? Singaporean, like, I, yes. And actually, yeah. no, I can notice by uh, uh, Mr. Chu's, uh, uh, his accent, he's speaking with a Singlish accent, which is the pidgin language of Singapore. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, he can speak yeah. with by, know, by knowing by the accent. Because I, I oh, know it because cool. my mom speaks that. And I'm like, that sounds kind of familiar. It sounds like my mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fascinating, right? It really is. But, you know, and we used to sort of draw the parallel between, well, you're on all the cameras anyway, so who cares about your privacy, right? Um, yeah. But this is not that. This is keystrokes on your text messages. This is knowing how many messages you spend, what apps you're looking at. This is all kinds of data, at least, that we know that that they're grabbing many apps do this by the way and so many. you know <laughs> and it's funny because you know i always use radio as an example radio has always been free because there's advertising it pays for the radio right but our phones you know we pay for everything the social media they grab whatever they want TikTok, they grab what they want but we pay for the phone and i still think that you know they give us the service for free because we think that's their business. Their business is not that. Their business is 100% data collection analytics. And how our business is getting so good at marketing to us, they're so good at it because they're literally picking apart our behaviors of our lives and our patterns. So we mm -hmm. might think, I don't spend much time shopping for shoes, but they know full well that I shop for shoes for three hours a day. And by the way, after I shop for shoes, I also go and buy a coffee and then get skipped the dishes. Then I check my email, right? Then I set mm -hmm. my alarm and then they do everything in between. They know what you do. And that's where things get very wild and very scary in this, uh, 
in this thing. Have you reconsidered, Ryan? You're a TikTok lover. Are you? Have you reconsidered it? Let me say this first, and then I will tell you. Legislators during that hearing repeatedly asked you about China's alleged influence over TikTok. And he repeatedly said that ByteDance, the parent company that owns TikTok, is, quote, not owned or controlled by the Chinese government, and that he has seen, quote, no evidence the Chinese government has accused or requested to user U.S. data. Now, their response several times was, I don't believe that, which honestly, usually I would say, Ugh, really? But in this case, yeah, I think it's valid to question that. Say, I don't believe that? Yeah, yeah I would I think agree. it's Yes, I would. I, that. He also says that TikTok does not promote or remove content at the request of the Chinese government and that he did clarify this point. This is an important thing that we now know. He said, because the company relies on global interoperability, man, that's a tough word, Chinese engineers may still have access to some U.S. data. So yeah, exactly. Well, they, I mean, they, sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. I got excited. So yeah, I was just going to say that they do, like right now, there's probably an engineer in China that right now knows what kind of videos I think are funny and all of that. For me, the reason I haven't deleted TikTok and the reason I stay on it for now is that the videos and the content that I consume on the app for the most part, most days are entertaining and thought provoking. And I sometimes get some really good stuff on here. Uh, we've met some great people and brought them to the show thanks to mm -hmm. this app. And until I start to see worrying trends of videos I don't want to see, or uh, making that I feel are a little bit influencing in ways that I don't like, because I'm pretty uh, aware of that, that is when I will be concerned. But until then, right now, I don't have enough that I'm, I'm willing to delete it currently. Hmm. For what we know today. Well, yes. keep in mind that the Chinese government also says they do not interfere in our elections, and people who are of... Uh, Chinese lineage yes, exactly. living in Canada, Canadians that um, know full well the pressures that come from the homeland um, or from, uh, you know, these police stations hidden in Canada that they claim aren't here. And yet they there still seems to be an awful lot of people who are, you know, of Chinese descent that say, oh, yes, they're very much here. So, I mean, why would you believe anything that comes out of there? Right. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just seems really strange. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.